Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast with evangelist Nick Zayner. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or at zaynerministries.com. Now, here's evangelist Nick. Well, give it up for Jesus. Can we praise the Lord for a second? Are you happy? Well, before I get into anything here tonight, who's here for the first time? It's okay. There's no condemnation. I know he is. Praise God. I want my, I want my new friend, Diana, right? I want you to come forward here and tell the people what God did last night for you. You received a healing. So tell the people. Um, okay. We'll back up the night before. You, pre, you spoke and said that, you know, God can do this for you at home, too. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so I went home the first night, and I went before the Lord. I said, Lord, he, he's right. And I apologize because I've been healed many times. And so uh, when I woke up that next, the second day, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can tell the difference. Thank you, Lord. But I knew I needed more. And so I came last night, and I asked for prayer. And um, it was amazing. You know how you know that you know that you know you were healed, okay? Um, I woke up, and I was, like, moving all around the bed. I'm like, what are you doing? Because, you know, I couldn't do that, okay? Because the enemy was attacking my muscles, okay? And I couldn't do that. And I knew that I knew that I knew that God healed me. And I just praise the Lord for it. And I try to get a lot of people here tonight. Like, seriously, it was, it's, it's amazing what's going on in your church. Thank you. Give Jesus some praise. Praise the Lord. You know, I found the best way to get people to church is rent out one of them big, you know, Amazon-looking vans, get some duct tape and some bags to put over people's head. You can just kidnap people, and you can bring them to church. Can you say amen? That's the, I've tried it, and it works every single time. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. We won't bail you out. Amen. Isn't that powerful what God did? And then uh, her friend here, um, Deborah, that's right, Deborah Diana. Deborah got healed uh, in her hip. If you weren't here last night, she testified. God is moving, folks. Jesus is alive. And he lives forevermore. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen. And so, you know, Pastor did a great job of recapping the last two nights uh, because God is building each night upon night. If you miss the other two nights, you're not going to be behind. God's going to catch you up tonight. But I'd encourage you to go back and listen to some of that um, because there's no way we can replicate what God did tonight. And God will do something new tonight. Who knows what he's going to do? Amen. We know that we were going to preach his word, and then he's going to move and touch people. Um, but, but you can go back and listen to that. Thank God for that. But if you have your Bibles, I want to get right into the word of God tonight. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Amen? And there's a lot of scripture that I want to get to. Go to Romans chapter 8. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the authority in the power of God, the authority God has given you in the power that resonates on the inside of you. Because at the end of this service tonight, though uh, I will be here Sunday to preach morning and night, after that, I'm gone, 
and you need to know what lives in you. You need to know how to access what's on the inside of you. Though your pastors will be here, they'll pray for you, but we need to stop being prayer happy and start being power happy with what resonates in you. Amen. Because the greater is he who is what? In you than he who is in the world. Amen. So the Bible says, Romans 8 verse 10 And if Christ is in you, how do you know he's in you? You're born again. You're saved. The Spirit of God comes to live on the inside of you when you accept Christ. The body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11, but if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Do you see the emphasis that... Paul was putting here on in you. The same, if the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you, it shall, what? The Spirit of God, the power of God, shall quicken, the King James says, the, your mortal body. That means your flesh. Amen. It means he'll quicken your body. A quickening, like yeah, if you've ever had uh, those five-hour energy drinks. I don't even know if they have them anymore. They might have made them illegal because people are drinking like 10 at a time. I got to stay awake. You know, next thing you know, they're up for seven days straight. How are you up for seven days straight? Well, I took 25-hour energy drinks, and here I am spazzing out. That's just a joke, but you used to take those if you've never had them before. <laughs> She's like, I just took three before I came in. How is he? He's, that's a word of knowledge over there. She's receiving that. If you used to take those, and shortly after you took that, there was like a quickening that came to your, to your body and mind because now you're, it's sharpened your mind because of what was in it, you know, the vitamins or whatever they put in there, uh, the, you know, that quickened your body. Well, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken your body even better than an energy drink. You know, it will quicken, quicken to come alive. It will make your body come alive. It will make your mind come alive. It will make, uh, you know, every sickness and disease, it will drive it out. But the thing is, as we talked about it last night, we have to be able to turn that power on. Amen. The Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. Amen. And, you know, God is everywhere. We know that he's omnipresent. We know that he lives in us but his, his presence is not manifested all the time. Amen. We don't always see the manifest presence of God. And what you need for your body to be healed is not just knowing that he's there, but turning it on so that the manifest presence of God, the anointing of the Holy Ghost, will begin to flow through you and quicken your body. Amen. And so... That's what we're endeavoring to do because the truth of knowing this truth uh, will allow you because the Bible says that the truth shall make you free. People are destroyed for a lack of what? Knowledge. Especially uh, on the, when it comes to the power of God. I mean, thank God we have great teachers, and a lot of people are pursuing it more. And I know I'm not the only one who's ever done healing school or talked about healing. That would be stupid to say that I am. That's dumb. I've learned from a lot of great men and men of God. But the one thing that we got to realize is we got to know what this Bible says about us personally. We've been so happy to uh, hear it from the pulpit so much that we've forgotten that we need to open these scriptures and hear it for ourselves. Amen. The more you know, the better you'll be. Hallelujah. So go with me to Ephesians. Turn there. I'm going to build a foundation for tonight, 
Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. The Bible says this. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to what? The power that works in us. The power that works in us. The power of God resonates on the inside of you if you are born again and the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. Amen. Now we know in Acts chapter 2 or Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that Jesus said, you shall be endued with power on high when the Holy Ghost comes, right? You'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And then in Acts 2, we see the Holy Ghost fell. And, you know, we can go along those lines, but see, salvation, the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you for you. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is more for the others. Do you get what I'm saying? That power that you get on the day of Pentecost, for the, that's a power to be a witness. But that's not the power we're talking about that resonates on the inside of you for you to receive your healing. Because many people are healed by the gifts of the Spirit. That's from the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost came upon people. He gave people gifts, the gifts of healing, the gifts of miracles, the working of miracles, the gift of faith, all these gifts. And I'm not here to talk about the gifts tonight. But that's great. Some people, many people have gotten healed by a gift. And that's amazing. Thank God for that. I mean, God wants to heal so many people that he has different ways in which he, he manifests healing. And it wasn't, if it wasn't for the gifts of healing, many people probably would not be here today. And that's a fact. And God, you know, God uses individuals. The gifts of the Spirit are used by a vessel who yields to the Holy Ghost, and God will use that person, and that will administer a gift. But see, God doesn't want us to live off of getting healed by gifts. He wants us to be healed by living off of the, res the resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead on the inside of us. Because what if you can't find somebody with the gift that you need? You have the gift giver right here in you. So the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And repetition brings revelation. So if it sounds like I'm repeating myself, I'm doing it on purpose. The same power, it lives in you. You got to get that in your mind and in your heart and in your spirit. You don't have to go any further. I love what a great man of God said. He said, when we pray, we don't lift our head, heads up and close our eyes. We bow our heads and close our eyes because that's where God is, in you. You get a little bit closer when you bow your head and close your eyes to God. Amen. Because what's happened is, is people have tried to mix Old Testament with New Testament where we're trying to reach God up in heaven, but he's not in heaven. Yes, the Father's in heaven. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, but the Holy Ghost is here on the earth right now. And that power of the Holy Ghost resonates on the inside of every person who's born again and saved. That power's in you. He's able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all. We can dare ask or think. Do you think that includes healing? Absolutely that includes healing. Obviously, we, we can use that for anything, whatever you're going through, the same power. It can do exceeding, abundantly, above all, you can ask or think. You just have to know that Jesus, or, and that God wants you to be healed. You have to know that Jesus went about doing good, healing all. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. He, he'll never change. And so if he did it then, he'll do it now. Amen. And so once you know 
that it's God's will for your life. Then last night we talked about once you know that he'll do it for you personally, now we need to get into how to access that that's been already given to us. Amen. And one way we talked about it is through the word. And then also we're going to talk about how it's through faith. Because faith is the, is the ingredient that you need to see the miraculous be performed and to be manifest. You have to have faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen. The opposite of faith is not fear. I'll say it again. The opposite of faith is not fear. The opposite of faith is sight. For we walk by faith and not by sight. You're not waiting to feel healed before you are healed. You are healed and then you feel healed. Amen. Go to Mark chapter 5. I'll show you in the scripture by what the woman with the issue of blood went through. Because she had faith. And she didn't wait on Jesus to come to come to her. She went after Jesus herself. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I love a place that you can just follow the Holy Ghost. You know, some places you preach, there's such a control on what needs to be said that you had to stay within a cage. But here, I get up here, I have all these other notes, and then the Holy Spirit says, go this way, because there's such a freedom here. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And He knows what you need. Amen. Thank God for pastors who allow the Holy Ghost to move. Every night, it's been amazing, because the Lord has just been doing that. Now, go to verse 21 of Mark 5. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus, by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. That word thronged means it was so tight that you had to basically shimmy your way through the crowd because there was so many people packed in one place. Who's ever been to Times Square in New York City or you've seen it on TV? Probably everyone's seen Times Square on TV at some point. I've, I've been there when it's so packed, so wall-to-wall with people, you got to shimmy your way through. I mean, you got to hold on to your wallet and hold on to your phone and everything else because you're so tight. I mean, people could easily just grab your stuff. I mean, that's how tight it was there. Imagine how, how tight it was with Jesus. I mean, he literally had, he had to have the bodyguards, Peter, James, and John. I mean, they were ready to throw down if somebody was going to come after Jesus. I mean, he, it was that tight. And so it was, you know, it goes on to say here, and there's a reason why, because, you know, Jesus is going to say someone touched him and, you know, you would think, who, what do you mean someone touched you, Jesus? Look at all these people. So I'm trying to get you to picture this, this scene in the Bible. Now the Bible says, front, verse 25, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. This is where many people are at today. 
They've suffered with something for a long time. And you know the reason, uh, my personal reason, opinion, why many people are still sick with this medical system that's supposed to be the greatest ever is because they don't want people to be healed. They want uh, customers to keep coming and coming in and getting money, getting their money for their prescriptions. And they just want reoccurring customers. They don't want people to be healed. And so you can see that's probably maybe just speculation here. Maybe that's what this woman was going through. They said, oh, this is a woman. She's got some money. We'll just, we won't heal her up. We'll just keep, keep her coming. Here's another checkup. Here's another pill. Here's another subscription. Prescription, I mean. Here we go. Here we go. Come on. And then she spent all that she had. She grew worse over time. And I'm not against doctors just off the get-go. I love doctors. Thank God for doctors. You know, sometimes they do patch people up to the enough where they don't die. Thank God for that. It's the truth. They patch them up. They don't get them healed. They patch them up. I'm sorry. It's just the truth. It's the truth. Praise God. I better stay in the spirit. (laughs) So she spent all that she had. She grew no better, but grew worse. Verse 27. But when she heard about Jesus, see, that's when everything changed. When she heard about Jesus. Praise God. Aren't you happy the first time you ever heard about Jesus? I mean, I know we're talking about healing tonight, but aren't you glad the first time you heard about a Savior who could wash you white as snow, who could set you free from all sin, who could deliver you from all bondage? Come on, aren't you thankful that you heard about Jesus? I'm so glad. I wish somebody get on their feet and give Jesus some praise in this place. Aren't you happy that you're saved? Aren't you happy that you're born again, that you're on your way to heaven because of Jesus Christ? When you heard about Jesus... The greatest news you ever heard. Glory to God. You may be seated if you're able. I don't know. We might run around this place. Glory to God. I mean, I don't know if I can get off that. When she heard about Jesus, I mean, my God. Glory to God. When you heard about Christ. The Bible says she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak or his garment. No, let's put this into context for your understanding. This woman had an issue of blood. Now, in in the Old Testament, she was to be quarantined. In her basement. They're running an election to win the election. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she was supposed to be quarantined. But she said, you know what? I'd rather get stoned to death because if she got caught by the wrong people, they would take her out and stone her to death. She said, I'd rather die trying getting to Jesus. Come on. We got, there's so many people in this city. I'm so glad you guys came. Many of you came every single night. But man, we did our best to get people to come here. But some people would rather just die than just trying to get to Jesus. I don't want them to die. They don't have to die. But thank God you're not dying in Jesus' name. You're not. Because you made an effort to come here tonight. But she heard about Jesus. See, she, she said, you know what? I got, you got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. She said, you know what? I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired of this life I'm living. And you know what? I guarantee, I don't know for sure, I'm just thinking about this story, and I can just see this woman with the issue of blood hanging out with other women with issues of blood. 
And sometimes you got to get away from the naysayers, the crowd. Everybody's got the same problem. Well, you know, this is just our lot in life, Susan. We can just make it this, you know, oh, we got each other. And I know we lost our families and we lost everything, but we got each other and we can just hold on. And they're just talking about their problem, focusing on their problem. See, the problem is, is they're so focused on their problem, they can't see Jesus who's standing right in front of them. But this woman said, no, I heard about Jesus. Jesus, and I'm going to get him whether it costs me my life. I do not care. I'm going to get my healing. Who am I talking to tonight? Whereas enough is enough in Jesus' name. I'm getting to Jesus come heaven or high water. I'm getting to Jesus. Glory to God. And she pressed through that crowd. I mean, I imagine she probably got on all fours at some point. Some guy shoved her over because he's trying to get to Jesus. And she said, no, she probably got knocked down five times before she even got to Jesus. But she said she was like Rocky Balboa. You know, he got knocked down so much. I'm just surprised. Why didn't he never put his arms up? He just takes a beating to his head. (laughs) Who's ever seen Rocky? That's just a personal thing. I live an hour from Philadelphia. I've seen the statue and stuff. I love those movies. But I'm like, brother, put your hands up. You're just taking a beating to the head. But guess what? Rocky always got back up. I said Rocky might have got knocked down, but he's always getting back up. Come on, you may have gotten knocked down trying to get here tonight, but Jesus is going to pick you up, put you on the solid rock to say, come on, somebody. God is going to touch your body, heal your body, and set you on the straight path. Glory to God. I feel like preaching tonight. Glory. I said, glory to God. Man, Jesus. I hope I can just finish this parable or story. My goodness. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd, touched his garment. Verse 28, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. See, what I see, I see this woman on her way, leaving the naysayers, leaving those doubters, those unbelievers, those people who said, you know what, I know Jesus is healing all those people, but we, if we get out there, we're going to die. We're, we're going to get stoned before we get him. I mean, they probably made every excuse not to go to Jesus. But she said, I'd rather die. I'd rather just make an effort to get to him. And then it says here that it, she, was, she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I could be made well. She was envisioning herself well again. I guarantee, you know what, she, before 12 years ago, she was probably hanging out with the girls, going to the, uh, whatever they called the malls at the time, checking out the the new clothes that they shipped in from Egypt, looking at them, spending all of her husband's money. You know, uh, the Jerusalem Amazon at the time was showing up every single day at the door. And here, come, here comes Johnny on his camel bringing another Amazon box. <laughs> she was just loving life, living life. She was just having a good old time. And I guarantee those 12 years, you know, she had all those things focused so much on her problems, she forgot those days. She forgot those days of having a good time with the girls and sitting down having dinner with her family and sitting down watching her kids grow up. She forgot about those years because every year went by, she just saw the problem. She just saw the issue. She just saw the blood. She just saw the whole thing. Every single day, it was like a reoccurring nightmare for her. But in that moment, as she's marching to Jesus, she started thinking back to those days. 
She started imagining herself healthy again. She started seeing herself whole. She started seeing how she could be back with her friends, how she is going to be back in that home, how she's going to be back around the multitudes because before this, 12 years, she's been quarantined. She's been isolated. She's been by herself, but now she has hope because faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Her hope was restored. Jesus is in town. And hope begins to see what could be a reality, but faith is what brings it into reality. See, if you don't have hope, faith is not going to work. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You got to see it before you see it. That's how faith works. You got to see it before you see it. If you see the invisible, you can do the impossible. That's what Oral Roberts said. I believe it. She saw the impossible. There's no way. Not you know. Yes, in the in the natural, Jesus is the only healer. But there's no way she should have made it to even get to Jesus. There should have been somebody. They were so distracted by Jesus in the in the great crowd. She picked the perfect time to get to Christ. Because if she tried to come on her own, there's some Roman authority or some person get her, drag her out, stone her to death. But she said, you know what? I'm going through, and she picked the perfect time. I'm telling you tonight, you picked the perfect time, not because I'm in town, but because Jesus is in town, because Jesus is here. And even now, he's marching up and down these aisles, touching people's bodies. You don't got to wait until we lay hands on you. I'm telling you, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you and will quicken your mortal body. Here she goes. She touches it. She said, if I may touch his clothes, and the Bible says immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed. Notice the feeling came after the healing. The feeling came after the healing. Immediately the flow of blood was dried up and she felt. She was healed before she felt it. How long? It was pretty instant, but still she believed that she was healed first and then felt the healing follow after the blood dried up. See, you can't go, faith doesn't go off of feelings. Faith goes off of the truth of God's word. She knew if I could just get to Jesus, I would be whole. If you would understand, if you can just believe his word, you will be whole. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If you just believe the promise of God that by his stripes you were already healed, instantly, boom, the manifestation would begin to flow through your body before even a hand is laid upon you because it's the truth that will make you free. The truth will set you free. She knew that she just needed to touch him. The Bible says, and immediately Jesus, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around to the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? So here he is in the middle of the crowd, and you know clearly people are touching him. I'm sure Peter knocked into Jesus about 10,000 times because he's trying to fight everybody off of him. Sorry, Jesus, sorry, Jesus, this guy's getting too close. Who's ever seen the Chosen shows? I think he's kind of, Peter probably was kind of like that where he's ready to fight at a drop of a hat because that's how Peter was before the day of Pentecost. <laughs> Amen. So he's fighting them off. But you know what? Jesus said, no, who touched my clothes? Because the Bible says that he felt power. See, faith is what will draw the power out. This power lives in you. But to activate the power, you must have faith. 
Amen. You must release your faith. Many people have been trained to release their faith when hands are laid upon them. Nothing wrong with that. The Bible says you shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. But I hope that after tonight, you won't wait for the hands to be laid upon you unless it's your own hands being placed on your own body, speaking to that thing in the name of Jesus, commanding it to go. Because guess what? You can release your faith by activating the word of God. You can speak the word of God and activate the word of God. Faith is voice activated. If she did not say to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, and then her works were backed up by her pressing through the crowd and actually doing what she said. Because it's not about say, 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 say. It's believing in your heart, and when there's a true believing in your heart, there's an action that follows. Amen. Amen. You would not be in this building today at the River Church of Kansas City if these pastors did not act upon what they felt in their heart for Kansas City. They could say, say, say all day long and believe it in their heart that they'll have a church in Kansas City, but they had to get in the car, they had to drive to Kansas City, they had to move here, they had to find this building, they had to open up the building, they had to file the paperwork to be a church, and then here you are sitting in the seats now. Their faith was working. James said, I'll I'll show you my faith by my works. We're not talking about works here tonight. You don't earn healing. But what you have to do is you have to activate faith to receive your healing. Amen. She had to activate her faith to receive the healing. You're not trying to get healed. You are already healed. Now you just need to activate your faith to receive what's already been paid for. Amen. We're talking about redemption. Jesus already paid the price. Amen. Amen. If you were given uh, a uh, ticket to the Kansas City Royals baseball game, somebody said, amen, I received that. No, they're terrible? Help, Help them, Lord. You know, last year I came, and thank God, I mean, they were better last year, right? Worse? I mean, they were horrible last year. But I got to see the the Houston Astros play. They won the World Series, right? I got to see the World Series champions play right here in Kansas City. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) It was a home run derby, that game. The Chiefs. Chiefs, I can't talk about the Chiefs. I I was rooting for the Eagles. And all I got to say is those refs were paid off. That's what they always say when their team loses. No, they just played horrible. I became a Chiefs fan after it was over. I think Jalen was hurt. You'll get it in a minute. Jalen hurts. That's a dad joke. I'm a dad now. So I can can run those jokes. Anyways, what was I saying? Let's say you got tickets to imagine the Chiefs. Imagine the Royals, they gave you tickets, they gave you a parking pass, because that's where they really make the money, is on the parking. <laughs> they even give you, uh, you, even give you hot dog passes so you can get free hot dogs. Thank God, because they charge you your arm. Most people leave there, they're amputated their arm because they got a hot dog. Because <laughs> that's how much they cost at the games. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Amen, she says. I, I see you're missing an arm, we'll pray for you after this. 
<laughs> She's missing a leg, too. She got popcorn. Is that right? Yep. <laughs> Anyways, you have all these things, right? Someone gave them to you. Now you have to go to redeem what was already paid for. You're taking your tickets, you're giving to them, and now they're giving you access to what has already been paid for. Jesus has paid for your healing. All you have to do is take your faith, give it, and receive from God what's already been paid for. Faith is like the ticket you exchange to receive your healing. Amen. Glory to God. Just like salvation, faith comes for you to be saved. Then you stand and you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, and you exchange that faith that came to be saved for the free gift of salvation. The same is true for healing. That's what this woman caught a glimpse of. My Redeemer is walking past me. He's, she understood that if he's healing others, he'll heal me. She understood that what I, she's like, this is the, she, I'm sure she's like, this is the one Isaiah prophesied about who took our diseases, who took our infirmities. I got to get to him. Amen. And he'll do the same for you here tonight. Go with me in your Bibles. There's another great example. Go to Matthew chapter 8 of a man of great faith. You know, she was a woman of great faith. She understood that if she could just get to Jesus, she would be whole. She actually physically touched him. But this is, a, this is a different scenario here where Jesus didn't have to touch the individual. The Bible says in verse 5 of Matthew, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. So Jesus said, I will come. I will come and heal them. No questions asked. Verse 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. And said to those who followed, Assuredly I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Notice how Jesus, he never said this to really anyone else. He, this is such great faith, it caused Jesus to marvel. The Bible says, and it goes on to say, Many will come, sit down, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, in the kingdom of heaven. There will be weeping, gnashing of teeth. But then it goes on to say, verse 13, Go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Go your way as you have believed. This servant understood, or this soldier understood authority. Amen. And Jesus has given us all power and authority. Hallelujah. And that when we Work with what his word says, like I'm telling you. Activating the power of God through your faith, speaking it out of your mouth, 
decreeing and declaring, not begging and asking and pleading, but decreeing and declaring, just like this man said, speak the word only, and I know he will be healed. Guess what? We now have a Bible where there's many words that have already been spoken. He spoke the word. Now, just as Jesus has said, go your way as you have believed, just simply believe his word and you will be healed. Do you see that? Believe his word and you will be healed. Hallelujah. Faith is expecting God to do what you know he has said in his word that he will do. Faith is believing that God speaks the truth. Just like the woman knew, if I could get to him. Well, guess what? You can't physically get to Jesus. We already talked about how the power is in you. But, you know, many people read that. Oh, that was great for the woman with issue of blood. She could physically get to Jesus. But here's a, here's a situation right here. This man, Jesus said, I will come physically and, le- and heal him. But he said, don't do it, for I'm a man under authority. Just speak the word, and I know that they will, he will be healed. Amen. If God has spoken, you just have to believe what he has said, and you just receive that. And then you act upon it. That's why when we pray for people, we say, work it out, move it out, do something you couldn't do. A lot of times people go home, like our, our friend here, she started rolling around in the bed without even knowing it. She was in faith when she received it, didn't feel it the moment she got it, but she went home, and by faith she was already healed. She believed it. She f- believed it before she felt it. She believed the word. Amen. And so you stay in faith, because what does uh, Timothy say? 1 Timothy 6, verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. The good fight of faith is the arena that you fight in. You whip the devil every single time in the arena of faith. Amen. Amen. The devil can't fight in the arena of faith. And, you know, this is called the great confession, the great profession. The Bible puts it, King James, profession, confession. You lay hold to what the word says, and his word becomes your word coming out of your mouth to get the results that the word says. Amen. And so that's what you act upon. You speak it out of your mouth, and then you get up and you act accordingly. Now, faith does not deny the facts. This woman did not say, I do not have an issue of blood. The Bible says she had an issue of blood. The Bible tells us here, the centurion, he does not say he's not sick. Because many people hear word of faith type teaching like this, and they think, well, they're just, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. No, you are sick, but by his stripes you are healed. You don't deny the sickness. But you act upon it, and you speak his word, and you believe his word. Amen. And you go about it as if you don't have it, but you don't deny that the pain is there. You, de- you deny the right for it to remain. Amen. Amen. You're not saying it to just act like it's not there. You're, you're believing and saying it because it has no right to remain on God's property. You are God's property. Where does the Holy Spirit live? In you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, your body is God's property. And devil, take your hands off of God's property. That's how you have to be. Use your authority over the enemy. Amen. You have to speak it out of your mouth. Devil, take your hands off of me. And not everything is a devil. Amen. You know, if I went home and ate 36 Krispy Kreme donuts tonight and woke up throwing up ill 
because the light was on and I thought, you know what, I need to get 36. <laughs> I should have ate 35, Pastor says. I wouldn't have thrown up, but I just couldn't help myself. Give me number 36. And I get up and start rebuking the devil. The devil's saying, you're crazy. You ate the donuts. I didn't force the donuts down your throat. Amen. So not everything is the devil. If you're, sometimes you just need to drink some water. You're dehydrated. You're on your 10th cup of coffee for the day. You might want to drink some water. That's not the devil. But there is times when the enemy comes because he is the author of sickness and disease. And we read it yesterday, 1 John 3, verse 8, Jesus Christ was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Acts 10, 38, how Jesus Christ was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed with the devil. So there is an enemy coming after your body. Amen. But there is some nice practical things you can do so you're not blaming the devil for everything. Now go to Matthew 28. We're going to get into this, then we're going to pray. Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority, that word authority means power and authority, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. One of the things God has commanded us to do is to heal the sick. Go to Matthew 10, verse 1. The Bible says, and we had called his 12. Actually, go to Matthew 9, 35. I want to read that first. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease. So, in other words, there was not one thing that could stand before Jesus except for COVID-19. <laughs> That's what some people believed. No, COVID-19 bows to the name of Jesus. Amen. COVID-20 and COVID-21 and 23 or whatever, long COVID, whatever they're talking about these days. I'm so disconnected from that. I'm just lost in God's word. I can care less. But it says he healed them all. So whatever you're going through, no matter how bad you think it is or the world tells you it is, Jesus is willing to heal it. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? Then verse 3 says, among the people when he saw, or verse 36, sorry. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest and send out labors into the harvest field. So Jesus is, he's going from city to city, village to village. People are coming to him. The fame is spreading abroad, right? People know that if they show up, they have, they're hearing about Jesus, just like that one isolated uh, message there, woman with the issue of blood. Many people are hearing that. The Bible says if we had all the stories, not even the libraries in this world be able to contain all of the things Jesus did. So there's probably many other testimonies and stuff we don't even know about. We'll know when we get to heaven, but this is what God wants us to know through his word, right? So many people were coming, and Jesus, he, he all of a sudden realized 
that man, there's so many people, they are like a, they're like sheep scattered without a shepherd. They're like sheep just out there. And the Bible says he was moved with compassion for them. You know, it's the compassion of God is, what, is why he heals people. His compassion, his love. So faith worketh through love. So we talked about faith, but now faith rides on the, on the wings of love. Amen. That's why faith works. Faith is not a force thing. Because some people have turned it into, I'm just going to say, 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 say. I'm going to force my life forward. No, that's not how faith works. Faith rides on the wings of love, on God's compassion. And God has much compassion on the sinner and on the sick and diseased. Amen. So much so that look what the Bible says here. He was moved with compassion. Then he said, and we always use this scripture for soul winning, and we should, because the harvest is plentiful, the labors are few, therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest field, right? But look at Matthew 10, verse 1. So he said, hey, boys, he's talking to his disciples. I'm talking to you now like Nick, not the Bible. Hey, boys, come over here. There's all these people, and I'm one person, and I need some help. The labors are few. And then the Bible says that he brought them together, and he called them, and he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, power over the devil, and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. So he didn't just give them power to cast devils out. He gave them power to heal the sick. You know, the same is true today. Amen. I preached a message in another Pentecostal church, and I told him to look at your neighbor and say, you're not Baptist. (laughs) Because we're not to go out and just win souls only. We're go out and demonstrate Jesus. That's what he did. He said, guys, don't just go get them to prepare to, be, to repent of their sins. Tell them the kingdom of God is at hand, but cast out devils and heal the sick, just like I'm showing you to do. And that never ceased. Nowhere in the Bible will you find where the Bible says that ceased and died with John when he died at the island of Patmos. If you can find that scripture, uh, we, I will, I'll denounce everything that I've said these the last three days, but you cannot find that in the Bible. Amen. If it's not in the Bible, then we have to throw it out. And that's not in the Bible. The same Holy Ghost is still here that was poured on on the day of Pentecost who gave you power over all unclean spirits, over all disease. Amen. Power to be a witness. Hallelujah. And so this is what he told his disciples. The truth remains with us. Then the Bible says in verse 8, if you go down, Verse 7, actually, it says, And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. Cast out demons. These things still are happening today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, and he wants to use you to do that. And this doesn't just apply to those around you. This applies to your personal life as well. Heal the sick. When your kid gets sick, run to the anointing oil bottle and lay hands on them and deal with that sickness then. Don't wait till the doctor. Amen. You got the power in you. Do it for the kid. Amen. Raise the dead. I heard of a story. I mean, I'm just constantly... 
uh, going after the word and listening to testimonies. I heard a testimony of they, they were doing a healing uh, school as well, and this family came, and their 14-month-old baby died in the service. And they brought the baby in the middle of the service. They didn't run and call the ambulance. They brought the baby to the altar, and they began to speak over the baby, and the baby lived, came back alive. Hallelujah. I mean, that's great faith. I mean, I guess if you're going to die in a service, that's a great place to die. Probably not here because we won't know if you just fell out under the power. It could be six hours later and we finally figure it out. But there, they clearly were not, that was not happening. They brought that baby up. It was a baby and healed or raised from the dead. I mean, that still remains for us. Amen. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. Hallelujah. And so you have to use the authority that is delegated to you. The servant understood. I am a man under authority. If I tell my soldiers, get up and go over there, they'll get up and go over there. Amen. The same is true for the believer. If you tell that sickness and disease to get up out of your body, it has to get up out of your body in the name of Jesus. Why do we use the name of Jesus? Because he's the king. And every name that has a name bows to the name of Jesus. So when we use that name, that's not a great name uh, that we only use when we have a nice Caesar salad and a nice looking steak and we say, praise God, bless this food in Jesus' name, amen. You should pray over your food. But that's not, the on- that's not why we have the name of Jesus, to bless our food only. We have been given a name above every name that every devil has to bow to the name of Jesus. Every sickness and disease has to bow to the name of Jesus. When you use the name of Jesus, you're exercising your authority over the enemy. And when you understand the power behind that name, you'll be- you will begin to drive out sickness and disease from your life. Yeah. Amen. That's why Paul said... In Ephesians, he said, he prayed and he said, open the eyes of my understanding that you would grant unto me the spirit of wisdom and the revelation and the knowledge of your son, Jesus Christ. The knowledge of the power behind that name. The knowledge of the power behind his word. The knowledge of how much we have power over every sickness, power over every disease, power over every devil, power over every single devil in Washington, power over every single devil in Kansas, power over every single devil in your neighborhood. You have power over the enemy. Glory to God. And instead, we can't be like Rocky Balboa getting punched to the face, knocked down, dragged out. I mean, we don't need to go to the 16th round. It should only take one punch with the name of Jesus. Boom. Knockout. Victory. Why? Because he's already won, so we can, he's won the victory. We're not fighting. Remember, we're fighting the good fight of faith. We're not fighting to get victory. He's already won. Amen. He's already won your healing. He's already won for you. Hallelujah. You are more than a conqueror through Christ. More than a conqueror. You know what more than a conqueror looks like? I'll give you a great example. Who's ever seen UFC fighting? I'll be honest in church. You love seeing those people get beat up. Anybody? UFC, you've heard about it at least. I mean, it's crazy, right? People are literally beating each other to death. It's it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. She's like, oh, yeah, she's got it on record right now. I miss, I'm missing the great fight tonight. 
My God, I see you checking your phone. You must be watching that fight. But there's a fight, right? There's two guys getting in the arena. Imagine them fighting for the belt or whatever the main thing is. The, the top two guys are beating it out, right? They're fighting, and, you, and as they're fighting, they both are married, and their wives are in the crowd, and they're watching their husbands just beat each other to death, and I'm sure that's one crazy experience for a wife, wondering, is he even going to come home tonight alive? And even if he does come home alive, he's surely not going to look the way he looked when I said I do. <laughs> he's going to look beat up. And so she's watching, and she's, she's seeing it, and next thing you know, the, the guy, the number one versus number two, they're fighting it out, and then that number one knocks out that number two with one punch. Down he goes. They count to 10, and then they, they announce the guy's the winner, right? And the winner comes, and they get the microphone, right? And they start saying, you know, hey, what do you want to say? And they always say, I want to go to Disney World, which really they don't. They don't want to go there because they, <laughs> they just want to, they want to get that nice promotion that they get for saying that. Amen. That's football. That's the, the big bowl game. But either way, they say whatever they want to say. And then afterwards, they go to the back room, and they write the winner and the loser each get a check. They get a nice check, right? They get the check written out to them. And so they take that check, and what do they do? That, that man goes, and he finds his wife, and he says, honey, here you go. And now his wife just became more than a conqueror. Because she didn't have to swing one punch. She didn't have to do anything to earn that money. She just got all that money from what he did for her. Come on, somebody. That's what Jesus did on the cross. Jesus took a beating for you before he went to the cross. Come on. By his stripes, you were healed. Then he hung on the cross and took on your sin. And then when he rose from the dead, he took that gift of salvation and he said, here you go. Now you're more than a conqueror through him because of Christ Jesus has overcome the world so you can overcome. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your healing's already paid for. Just step out and re receive that. Come on. He already fought the fight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands. I feel the Holy Ghost moving on that. I actually feel the gift of faith in the room. I mean, I feel the gift of faith. The gift of faith. Glory to God. My God, I feel I can just run through this wall. I'm not going to do it, but I feel like I can just do anything. Because it's the gift of faith. The gift of faith. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm telling you, I, the healing is flowing in this place. Healing is flowing in this place. Just reach out and receive and say it's mine. I take it now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The gift of faith. The gift of faith. I know I'm talking about healing tonight, but I feel the gift of faith even for material things. People are about to make some major, major decisions. I'm telling you, step out. Step out. The gift of faith will carry you. I said, the gift of faith will carry you. He's already overcome. Hallelujah. He's already made a way where there is no way. He's furnished a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Just sit down. Have, dine with the Lord. He's, he's the good shepherd. 
The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. I shall not want. Come on. Healing's flowing through this place. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I hear the Lord say, faith, when you're in faith, you're in rest. Faith is not striving to make something happen. Faith is resting in the promise of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is finished. 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 Thank you, Jesus. This is the third night of the healing school. And what I'd like everybody to do, if you've come into this place and you're believing God for a miracle in your body, whatever it is, we're going to believe God tonight that it's dealt with, that it is finished. So whatever it is, whether you're in pain, you came here for mental illness, you came here for whatever it is, we're just going to simply go through, go down and declare healing right over your life. Thank you, Jesus. Now, there's a couple of different categories of people here. And this is not a word of knowledge or anything. It's just, it's just the facts. There's some people up here, you have physical pain in your body right now. Believe that you've received it and then begin to work it. Activate your faith. There's other people here, you don't have pain, but that there's a doctor's report that you got to get a checkup on. I understand that. Receive your healing. Stay in, in, in faith. And the next time you go to the doctor, let the doctor confirm what God has done. Amen. So just lift your hands. We do that because that's a position of surrender. And you're ready to receive. Thank you, Jesus. you guys will feel the difference in your body how many had who had pain and now pain is left you had pain discomfort inflammation come quick we want to hear the testimony tell the people what's happening I've had digestive issues for so many years and I just I have been believing in healing and believing in healing and I'm receiving it tonight because I feel a fire in my stomach. It's like I'm fire. <laughs> it's like a hot wax in my stomach right now. <laughs> Finish the work, Lord. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Fire the Holy Ghost. <laughs> fire the Holy Ghost burning it all out burning it all out he's burning it all out he's burning it all out healed in Jesus name stay in that anointing right there anybody else anybody else now some people got to go get checked out I understand that 
Anybody else? You're feeling it. It's okay. Healing comes, then the feeling. Amen. Just like our friend here, she rolled over in bed and realized I'm healed. Hallelujah. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, many of you people are totally healed tonight. Whether you feel it or not, right now, you're going to wake up and feel totally better. Hallelujah. I know it because I feel the gift of faith. When you feel the gift of faith, things just happen. Glory to God. You're going to eat whatever you want to eat again. I just heard the Lord say that. You're going to eat whatever you want to eat again. Not 36 donuts, though. (laughs) Don't do that. Glory to God. Whatever caused you problems in the past won't cause you problems going forward. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You feeling better, sir? Amen. Amen. You let us know. You you get a hold of this pastor and you tell us what that scan said. Amen. Totally healed. I understand that. That's some people got to go get checked out. You mean not everything is a pain in your body. Hallelujah. Plus, we like it when it's confirmed from the doctors too, because the doctors need to be put in their place. Amen. That there is a God who's alive. Amen. Glory to God. How you feeling, Dave? You feeling good? You had pain? Come tell the people. The last month or so, I've been dealing with this real sharp pain here in my wrist. The bone's still a little tender, but when I was moving like this, it's getting the sharp pain, and it's just nothing. Nothing. And I, the last couple of days, I think it was maybe Wednesday morning, I woke up with just shoulder. And literally, just before I walked in, I was stretching it. It's nothing. No pain. But this is what's been really, really bothering me. I've been getting up and in the morning and just move like just taking that much to pinch it. And then all of a sudden there's nothing. Nothing. Praise God. Glory to God. That's after he helped catch everybody and then got prayed for. That's how you know it's God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How are you feeling? Feeling good? Amen. Feeling better? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Are you part of this church? You are? You ever felt the call of God? Yeah? Come up. As I looked at you, I've heard the Lord say she's called to tell her Maybe you've heard it already before, but you are called, commissioned, anointed, appointed, and equipped to do the work of the Lord. You don't have to uh, look for man's approval, I hear the Lord say, but now from this day forward, you won't confer with flesh and blood, but you will march forward in the Spirit of God in Jesus' name. Free. Free from man's approval. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost is moving here. Thank you, Lord. Different kind of night tonight than last night, but that's okay. Imagine if God was the same all the time. Walk in, walk out. Get the incense rolling. 
come in the same way you came, leave the same way you came, sometimes worse. Not here, not where the Spirit of God is. Amen. You always leave better. Everything gets gooder and gooder. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's go to uh, Philippians chapter 4. Now, who, before, I'm going to sh- share the word first, but who uh, has never heard the two penny miracle? Amen. Who has heard it? Hallelujah. Who wants to hear it again? Who has heard it? Okay, thank God. I mean, praise God. Otherwise, I, th- I know somebody has some tomatoes ready to throw them or something. Philippians 4, verse 10 says this, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. In other words, Paul knew how to go, how to live life when he didn't have much, and he learned how to live life when he had a lot. Amen. And he said, in whatever state I am to be content, I know how to be abased, I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica you sent aid once and again from my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account." Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received Ephroditus the thing sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable, acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. I love this passage of Scripture. Obviously, Philippians 4.19 is an amazing passage, or amazing verse. I shall supply all of your needs according to whose? Riches and glory. Christ, Jesus, riches and glory. And so I love how Paul says, I've learned to abound and I've learned to be abased. He learned how to just be content with where he was at, but yet still have a desire to go to the next level of where he knows God can take him. You know, you need to learn the power of contentment. Amen. There's power in just being content with where you're at, but there's still a hunger and a desire for more. That's called spiritual maturity. That There's a hunger for more, but you're content with where you're at. Because we, we, we should always strive for more with God. He always has more. He always has more. He's the El Shaddai, the God of more than enough, right? That's the year motto here and at the River of Tampa Bay as well. He's the God of more than enough. But there's power in being content. And this is a church that partnered with Paul. He said, this is the only church that partnered with me concerning giving and receiving. And the Amplified, it says, credit and debit account. And Paul said, I'm not looking for the gift from you only, but I'm looking for what you're going to get back by giving. Amen. He's saying, I'm looking for the reward to your account. Hallelujah. Here on this earth and when you get to the other side. 
because Paul was setting up churches, winning souls, right? And so I had to learn the power of being content when I only had 12 cents in the bank. And this isn't, we're not talking about 1906, 12 cents is like rolling in big money. We're talking about 2016. No money, no bread, no, no dojo, no bread Fred, none, 12 cents. I was working a door-to-door sales job. Who's ever done door-to-door sales? He, my brother, he started laughing right away. He knew, man, that's tough. I'm telling you what, if they gave a, you know they give awards for salesmen and stuff like that? Have you ever received a reward, sir? You look like a great salesman. You, you have? Not as a salesman? Well, I did, I think. They didn't give it to me, but it was for the worst door-to-door salesman that ever existed. <laughs> They just haven't given to me yet, but I would happily receive that. Because I'm telling you what, I was in Bible school at the time, just like my friend here is about to go soon. And uh, you know what? I just needed a job, and that was the first thing that popped up, door-to-door sales. And so I said, you know what? Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You better believe that I did not know what I signed up for. Because I think... I know his strength will carry us through everything, but man, that strength weared out on me because I'd get out there, we'd get into this nice area, and I'd go door-to-door knocking, and I'm telling you what, I just taught on faith, and you better believe I was saying, I was speaking out of my mouth, this next door is going to be a sale. You better believe it. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, I'm out there having revival by myself because you got to go alone, and they dropped me off in the middle of nowhere, so I have to just keep going. And I said, this door is going to be a sale, and I'm speaking it out of my mouth, and I knock on that first door, and they open that door, and what do they say? Not interested. Boom. And I said, the devil is a liar. I rebuke the devil. I'm rebuking the devil in this neighborhood. I get to that next door. I start knocking on that door. They opened it up. They let, this time, they let me talk a little bit. Then they, they were nice, not interested. See ya. It happened time after time after time. I'm talking about hundreds of doors. And we're not, I'm, you talk about hot out today. It was hot every single day in Florida. I was in Tampa, Florida, knocking on doors. You know what? I was 100 pounds lighter then because of all the sweat of going through those neighborhoods. And you know what? I had, we sold, when we went down there, we sold as much as we possibly could, and then we gave away half of everything we had. Uh, so we gave away half, sold half. We had a, a decent savings for a, a 21-year-old out of college, I mean, which is about... A thousand to two thousand dollars, which that's that's pretty good right out of college after paying your whole way to through school, because now we're going to Bible school, and so which really isn't that much. Thinking back to it, it seemed like so much, but it really is nothing. But man, two thousand bucks, and you know we get into a situation. We got roommates, and you know when you get roommates, it's really nice to pay rent because you're only really paying like one hundred fifty bucks a person. I mean, man, one hundred fifty bucks, but I'm sleeping in the closet, you know. But at least I got a roof over my head. I, would, I didn't sleep in a closet, but it's just a funny thing. You know, we had, a, we had five roommates, right? Five roommates in our first home. Thank God there was enough space for all of us. We didn't have to sleep in a closet. But the rent was low. But every single month, you got to pay the bills. Amen. And so every single month, money's going out, but nothing's coming in. Because <laughs> there's no sales at the doors. And I'm doing this month after month just trusting God because I'm like, maybe one of these doors is going to buy so much of what I'm selling that, you know what, it will cover all the lost time. 
So here I'm going and going and going, and finally I get down in my bank account to 12 cents. I paid the last bill I could pay. Rent's due in about eight days, and I have nothing left. I gave so much money away because, I mean, I'm at the River uh, Church of Tampa Bay. They're taking a, I'm sitting through a eight ser- or 16 services, receiving an offering every service, and bless God, when you're in Bible school, here, just take my wallet. <laughs> Not much to it. Little becomes much in the master's hand. I got little. Here you go, Jesus. Make it much. That's what I, basically, that's how it went. I'm just being honest. And I'm telling you, I got down to 12 cents, and uh, my friend Josh, he worked with me. He's a pastor down in Alabama, and uh, at the time, uh, he was just our roommate, and anyways, Thank God he drove us around because I couldn't pay for gas, and he barely had any money himself. He, If it was number one and number two for worst salesman, I'd know I would be number one, but he would be right next to me, number two. <laughs> man, we could lead people to Jesus like that, but man, sales, no. And so here we are, and we drive to, uh, we finish the day, I mean, probably 100 no's. And uh, <laughs> we go to McDonald's and we sit down because we're waiting on Chris because Chris at the time, he was doing it, he did it for a couple weeks and he said, I'm done with this. He actually had more sense than us. He said, I quit and got an actual real job and he had more money than all of us. Doing, uh, what were you doing? Host. He was a host at a restaurant and he was like balling compared to us. We had nothing. And anyways... We're waiting on him to get off of his shift. Me and my friend Josh, and I pull in, and we sit down in the McDonald's, and I looked at him, and I said, Brother, do you think that they could barter for 10 cents for something on the menu? Because I got 12 cents. I can't even buy a hamburger. I can't buy even a soda that's a dollar. I can't buy the cheapest thing on the menu. I got 12 cents, literally 12 cents. I'm surprised they didn't call me from Fifth Third Bank and say, we are closing your account. You have 12 cents, and uh, interest rates are actually the negative now, and that's just going to suck it right out of your account. You're, you're done. I'm surprised they kept it open, but they did. And uh, so we're joking back and forth, but finally, you know, when you're in that place, depression does try to come against you. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So (laughs) we can only stay happy for so long. And then finally, I looked at him and said, hey, brother, I got to get up and use the restroom. And uh, he said, okay. And uh, actually, I wanted to get up and kind of go to a stall and maybe shed some tears (laughs) because I'm at the lowest point of literally my life. I got up and moved halfway across the nation to fulfill the call of God or to start the call of God. And here I am, Lord, where are you at? Is what I was thinking. So when I walk into the bathroom, I look on the counter in the bathroom in McDonald's. Think about this. And when I see the counter, there is a loaf of bread sitting on the counter. A loaf of bread. I'm not talking about great value bread, 99 cent. I'm talking about top shelf bread. That $3.99, that $4.99 loaf of bread that you say, you know what? I'm never going to buy that. That was sitting right there on the counter. And as soon as I laid eyes on it, the Lord said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor my seed begging for bread. Glory to God. I mean, the minute I laid eyes on it, you better believe I grabbed that loaf of bread. I started, I didn't even use the restroom. I ran out, 
found my friend Josh and threw the loaf of bread out on his lap. I said, brother, we're going to be okay. I started jumping and dancing right in front of him. I said, we're going to be okay. God had never seen the righteous forsaken, nor God's seed begging for bread. And at first, he's looking at me like I've lost my mind. And I don't blame him. He's like, where did you get this loaf of bread in McDonald's? It's one thing if you're at Walmart, I can go to the shelf and grab it. But I'm in McDonald's. Come on. In the bathroom. And it wasn't that dirty, folks, you know. We did take that bread. I always forget to mention this, but we took that bread home, and you better believe we washed the outside of it because it wasn't open yet, and we ate that bread. Oh, that was like heavenly manna. Praise God. Amen. I put some nice butter on it. Ate all that bread. Maybe praise God. When you, hey, when you need food, you'll eat anything. Amen. But anyways, he's looking at me, and he's seeing me get excited, and he's seeing me in faith now. Before he saw me about to cry, a grown man crying, now he's seeing a man like crying but in, in, in joy. He's like, this is a guy's either crazy or what? And he, he got quiet enough, and, and he realized he's in faith. So he sat there, and he looked at me, and he said, you know what, brother? I'm getting up, and I'm going to that bathroom, and I'm seeing what I can find. <laughs> he gets up, he goes in that bathroom, and he's looking. He's gone for a long time. I said, brother, did you go to the next McDonald's to check their bathrooms? What are you doing? He finally came back after a good long period of time, and he said, I scoured the whole bathroom, and I found two pennies, and he threw them on the table. And then as soon as he threw them on the table, I said, that's our miracle. That's the, the widow woman with the two mites. That's our everything. And he is from Alabama, so he was about to leave uh, that next day. It was a Friday when we sat at McDonald's. Saturday, he, he drove home. He had enough gas to get home. He said, I may not come back because I got no fuel to get back. And at that time, we trusted God. We did not tell our parents that we needed anything at all. Because you need to get to the point where you trust God solely for everything. Amen. I pray you never get to as low as I was at, but you got to be at that place like Paul was. I learned to abound and I learned to be abased. Yet my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches. Paul didn't, you know, write out, you don't see where Paul was begging people for money. We're not begging anybody for money. Give people an opportunity to give, sow seed, praise God. But God is our source. God's the one who will come through. So he, he took off to Alabama. I took those two pennies, and I said, brother, I will sow these in the offering on Sunday morning, and I will write our names on the envelope. <laughs> Knowing, I know the people who count the money, so they're going to see, wow, they really have nothing. <laughs> that or they're really stingy in their giving. So I took those two pennies. I wrote our names on the envelope. I texted him and said, the seed is sown. And that was about an hour and a half into the service because they take forever on the offering. And uh, he's starting his church at the time that the seed is sown. So to give you full context, of, he's in Alabama, I'm in Tampa, Florida, I sowed the seed, they're an hour behind, because they're on your time here, uh, Alabama's on Kansas time, so he's starting church, worship ends, the pastor sees Josh in the crowd, and he says, Josh, come up and testify and tell the people what God is doing with you in Tampa, and he's... 
he's telling me the story after the fact, but he said, you know what, as soon as he said that, I didn't want to tell them anything because all that came to my mind was I got no gas to get home. I live with this crazy guy and all this stuff was coming to him. But he got up there and the one thing that he could share was that how many people were getting saved on the streets because we had to go on the streets every single week and lead people to Jesus. So he's just getting up there saying, hey, we're see- I've seen this many people get saved. I'm talking to this many people. He's sharing testimonies how this person got healed and this person got delivered and all this stuff. Bible school, and as he's sharing that, at the same time, just I just saw the two pennies, people in the crowd are getting up out of their seats and throwing money on the altar. He thought, maybe this is what my pastor does now for the offering. I don't know what's going on. I've seen this at Tampa, but I've never seen this here at uh In Alabama, this is odd, but he just kept sharing about what God was doing, giving glory to God, about the souls being saved. The money's just flowing all over the altar. Here He finishes, hands the microphone to the pastor. The ushers come and collect the offering, and he just sat down and thought, well, that's it. Well, the service ends, and the pastor comes up to him and says, Josh, as that, I've never seen that ever happen before. And as you were sharing, God spoke to me and said, give him all the money that came in on the altar. It was over $1,000 that came in, and he, boom, instantly given to him. He texts me. He's shouting and praising. He's saying, I, just breakthroughs just happened, brother. The two-penny two miracle breakthrough. And I said, praise God. I started to get happy because I said, God's no respecter of persons. So if he did it for him, I'm like, I'm rubbing my hands together. I'm saying, Lord, I'm ready. I'm looking around, you know, is it going to be them? Is it going to be him? I'm looking at Pastor Rodney. Come on, Pastor Rodney. Don't you know you owe, you know, $1,000 is coming my direction. And that Sunday service ends, nothing happened. Went to Sunday night. I said, okay, it's a nightly miracle. I'm coming expecting my miracle at night. I came at night. I'm looking around. Nothing. No one came because the Bible says, given you shall receive, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. So not only am I looking for men, but I'm checking cash app like on like I'm, I'm, I'm like refreshing my cash app. Like, you know, they probably thought, what's wrong with this guy sitting in his seat? He's refreshing so much. I said, I'm expecting my miracle. Sunday night goes by. Nothing. At that time, we only had Sundays and Wednesdays at uh, home groups. So Monday goes by, go to go to school. Nothing. Nothing comes in. Tuesday goes by, nothing comes in. Wednesday goes by, nothing comes in. And so the Bible says, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you what? Faint not. So my faith is being tested. Knowing what happened with my friend Josh, knowing that God's no respecter of persons, and not only that, I told the Lord, Lord, don't you know I was the one who sowed those pennies? Josh did not sow those pennies. Hello? (laughs) Where's it at? I've just that's how you gotta talk with God sometimes. Come on, can I get an amen? And so Wednesday goes by nothing. Now I'm getting a little discouraged. I, you would be. I can't even get back to McDonald's because my bride is gone. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, man, I'm low as could be in my mind, but in my heart, I'm in faith. 
I'm keeping my faith. I said, I, God gave us a miracle. I'm remembering what the Lord said. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor God's seed begging for bread. I'm refusing to, you know, my parents, I could have called them and said, hey, can you give me uh, 300 bucks to pay the bills? I refused. I said, Lord, no, they're no longer my source. You are my source. I'm going to you. You either come through for me now, or I'll never go into the ministry because I'm in Bible school now, and if you can't come through me here, how are you going to come through me, come through for me there? That's how I was. It wasn't pride. It was just, God, I want you to be real. I don't want to hear the testimonies. I want my own. And so Thursday comes by, nothing. And it was about a Friday uh, afternoon, evening time. And I remember I just began to thank God. You know, sometimes you just got to thank God like it's already done. You know, part of me was just focusing on that 12 cents and focusing on what happened with my friend. And I just got my attention off of that and just began to praise God like it's already done. That's faith. I begin to just thank you, Lord, that I'm taken care of. I know, I know rent is due in like three days, but you're going to take care of me. I know I need this, this, and this, but you know what? I'm not going to ask you any more for that. I'm going to thank you that I have what I need. Shortly after I changed my attitude, somebody comes up to me and says, Brother, God has been dealing with me. And I looked at him, and I said, has he? And I get a big smile on my face. Really? Has he been dealing with you? He said, yes, God has been dealing with me to sow a seed. And I said, sow a seed? I, now I'm getting a little, like, reserved, like, sow a seed. And I'm inside, I'm like, praise God, hallelujah. There it is. Yeah, they didn't, no, no shoes, no asparagus. <laughs> praise God. But he's like, I feel led to sow a seed. And you know what? He, he's like, here you go. And he wrote out a check for almost, it was just under $1,000 for me. He wrote the check out and said, here you go. I'm telling you what, I started shouting and dancing and praising God. I said, you know what? It might be less than my friend Josh, but I don't care. I'm taken care of. It met all of my needs for that month and the next month. And I quit that job, got a better job, praise God. I actually became the manager at Chick-fil-A. Can you believe it or not? That was where I worked. It's my pleasure. Amen. It was my pleasure to share that. And from there, that was the lowest I've ever been, and that's the lowest I'll ever be. Amen. And somebody may have come in here today thinking, this is the lowest I've been in my whole life, and I'm telling you, what you do today, this is the lowest you'll ever be from this day forward in Jesus' mighty name. Can you say amen? You're going to another level in Jesus' name. Yes. Hallelujah. Now, this is where now we have you ask the Lord what he would have you do and do what he tells you to do. Amen. See, this church, the Philippian church and Paul together, this church helped him fund his way to plant the churches. He said, no other church partnered with me but this church, the Macedonian church. And he said, I'm not looking for the gift any longer. I'm looking for the reward that comes to your account. And I've learned I get more blessed when I hear about people who have sown into our ministry and to this church and to any church that we go to. When I hear the testimonies of how God has broken them through into another level, how they get promotions, I'm telling you, it's, it, it's more joy to see people get blessed because I was there at one time with two pennies needing a blessing and thank God he came through and I'll never forget where I came from, but I know I'm going forward with God and I know that you're going to go forward with God too in Jesus name so ask the Lord what he would have you do ushers you can pass out the envelopes now if I was with some circles they would shake their head and say really you just shared your breakthrough message on two pennies <laughs> see the woman with the widow woman the two pennies represented all that she had 
Jesus said, these have given out of their abundance, but she has given out of her lack. She's given out of all that she had. She gave everything. And I'm not saying to give everything. That's not what I'm saying. What am I saying? She gave at the level that she was at. Others need to give at the level that they are at. Amen. Follow the Holy Ghost in your giving. But I love sharing that because it's not about me ripping out, you know, sow your 10,000 saucy seed tonight and you're going to see the greatest breakthrough. If God tells you to give $10,000, give $10,000. It's not about that. It's about the obedience and the faith behind the seed. Amen. So I'm never ashamed to share that testimony. I love that testimony. And now every time I, me and my wife, we do this, we, when we receive the offering and I see the change, I almost want to cry. Because that was me at one, to one point, putting the change in the offering. You know, obviously, if you're at a level where you can give, don't, don't be given little things. But I know some of those seeds, those pennies is everything. Those quarters are everything. You know, that's precious to God. If Jesus took notice of that woman, how much more should we when we see that? You know, some people scoff at that. Oh, I can't believe that person. I can't believe that somebody threw two quarters in the offering. Shame on them, you religious devil. That's somebody's, that could be somebody's breakthrough. That could be somebody's last two pennies. That could be somebody's everything. That's precious. Like Paul said in Philippians, it's like a sweet-smelling aroma. Your offering is like a sweet-smelling aroma to God. Hallelujah. I feel the anointing on that. Amen. So this is no gimmick to try to get a bunch of money out of your pockets. This is an opportunity for you to honor God with where you are at in your life. Amen. That's where I was at since then. We've sown way bigger seeds. I've never sown two pennies ever again. But that's where I started. Everybody has a starting point. Amen. And if God has blessed you greatly, then turn around and honor the Lord. We're going to be going to Poto, Oklahoma. And uh, for the new people here tonight, we're doing a big outreach. I just saw we have 128 adults registered. That's not including children. There is stuff for kids. So we're talking about potentially almost 300 people in the middle of this park that we rented out with a stage. And we got, we got a stage. The pastor has a trailer and chairs and all that. And we're going to be preaching the gospel to primarily 90% sinners. We're, not, we're working with a church. They're going to get them plugged in there, but we're not targeting the church. We're targeting the lost. And so what you're sowing tonight is going directly towards that outreach. Amen. I believe in God for $5,000. We're almost there. And I know after tonight we'll have it all in Jesus' name. Because you can't put souls first and finish last. Amen. So if you're ready to give, say amen. If you're not, say hold up. Hold up. Wait a minute. Glory to God. Okay, she said hold up, so we're going to go again. We're going to round three until 10 o'clock. We're going to be preaching. <laughs> Just kidding. We'll give her a minute. Sometimes it takes time to hear from God. You know, I know you can't, I, I, I don't think you need to take an hour on offerings and stuff. I, I love it when I go to Tampa, but sometimes you got to give God time to speak to people. And I'm okay with that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, I gave, we gave those two pennies. That's a humility, number one. But we love, we, you know, true giving is out of a place of love for God. You love God. I didn't want to go to church and not have an offering for him. 
you know? And when we gave those two pennies, it's like the Lord smiled upon that. Never look down on what little you have. It's the lowest you'll ever be. But you know what? If you have a heart to honor God, he'll always honor you. And he'll take care of you. Amen? Are you ready, sister? Amen. Why don't you lift your offerings up to the Lord? Why don't you stand to your feet, too? Father, thank you so much for always taking care of me. I know that, Lord, you will take care of every single person under the sound of my voice. And you have, for they're here today. Lord, I thank you for what you did back then, what you're doing now, and what you're going to do. Lord, may every single person who sows tonight and honor you, Lord, first off, may every dollar represent a soul to the kingdom of God. And Lord, may every single person who sows tonight see breakthroughs in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast. Please consider becoming a monthly covenant partner with us. We are asking God for 100 people to stand with us financially as we continue to win the lost in America. Go to ZaynerMinistries.com and click the Give Now button to become a monthly covenant partner today.